Well, hey, hi, hello there. Welcome to the Puck Fantasy Football League Dynasty Podcast. My name is Cameron Henry. This is our final week in review. We just wrapped up championship week for our uh, for our league. And speaking of that, I am joined by none other than the champion of the first year of the Dynasty League, Cobra Kyler manager, Mr. Daniel McNeese. How is oh, it going? Oh, yeah. Love the intro music. <laughs> yes. McNeese, how is it feeling being the champ the first year that we transition into Dynasty? Oh, it feels fantastic. Um, I will throw it back to the uh, first year that the uh, Puck Fantasy Football League existed uh, before it was Dynasty. I won that time, and now we make it into a Dynasty. We're basically starting over. I win this time. It just feels right. It feels right that I'm the champion for the first year. Yep, and uh, you were champ two years in a row right and then or was that at a different point in the history of fantasy for our league yeah so i'm looking at it right now actually we did it for 10 years before we changed to a dynasty format Hmm. and in the 10 years build up i won three Jeez, i don't like that there's something that i have done for 10 years (laughs) (laughs) That doesn't make me feel good, especially considering it started in college. Um, And I know I wasn't there in the first year. So this is actually this season is my I think my 10th year anniversary in the puck league. Um, But the fact that I've been part of anything that's been going on for 10 years that started in college is gross um, to my soul. But oh, right. Yeah, Yeah. Try not to think about it. Yeah. But I mean, half the people in the league also like have babies and children and stuff. So, you know, oh, well, um, <laughs> anyway, you uh, just absolutely stormed, uh, you know, you stormed the standings at the end of the season um, going through playoffs. You take that final win uh, over a uh, friend of the podcast. Um, three-time guest, Hamburger Henry's manager, uh, Chadlington Sinduarte. Both of you coming in with that eight and six record. Um, were you worried, uh, you know, going into this? I mean, your guys' projections were about the same. That amoeba offense, though, looking was looking scary, leaning into things. Was there any amount of nervousness that you had? You know, I was feeling really good about it when the week started. But I would be lying to you if I said I did not text Chad during the weird Sunday night football game. I was so nervous because at halftime, my Vikings players were putting up duds. Yeah. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson couldn't get anything done in the cold with a backup QB. And Chad's players, yeah, Devontae Adams already had 100 yards and a touchdown. Aaron Jones was carrying the rock all over the place. Um, it was just, it felt like MVS was just waiting for that uh, breakdown, like 75 yard touchdown. Mm. I was only up by a handful of points in the projection, 
Mm-hmm. I was really nervous, but it worked out. Yeah, we'll we'll jump into this this matchup, um, this final this final matchup review of the season. Um, which before we get into it, sees it has it has been a pleasure um, to do this season with you. Uh, I know we've talked about doing a podcast randomly for like years, um, and even if we're just doing this, you know, this fun one for our friends and whoever randomly hears it. Um, it's been, it's been really fun, especially for me as someone who like, I wasn't doing great this season. Um, this like gave me something to look forward to and like, just be jazzed up about like what's going on. Um, so I, you know, thank you for, for doing this with me. Um, it's been an honor. I, I hope we can continue this into the future. Um, but yeah, man, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I love that we have this new uh, dynasty feel to the league. And with it, we feel like we wanted to do this podcast to get everything even more connected, more involved. Um, I love that it's a way to get other people onto the podcast and just talking fancy football. It's been a lot of fun. I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Especially getting those other people when. You know, a lot of us don't, we don't really get to see each other, especially, you know, with how things are right now, but, um, you know, people across, across the country and stuff like that. So definitely, definitely nice to, to get people a little more together, but let's move into this matchup. Um, let's, let's look at, let's look at Chad's team. So, um, as you were saying, he does have, you know, he had some great performances from a few key players, you know, uh, Devante Adams, Aaron Jones, Debo Samuel did do, uh, you know, what they were supposed to do. Um, but he, he made kind of a bold decision starting, uh, MVS over Mike Evans. Mike Evans did have some, uh, injury concerns. Uh, he, he had, uh, COVID, uh, this last week. And so getting activated late notice, you know, might've scared Chad off a little bit. Um, and then, and then Rojo, who got Yikes. hurt, got hurt during the game. Uh, Chad, Chad lives by the Rojo, dies by the Rojo. You know, like Rojo. Uh, I I had him in another league that, and he he bit me in the butt. It was supposed to be so much better than that. Um, he got the full workload last week, and he got fifteen. And mm-hmm. so that was against uh, Carolina defense, which for most of the season had been one of the harder defenses to run on. Yeah. And so you take that and you go into this week and he's facing the softest matchup possible, the New York Jets. And everybody was just seeing stars. Mm-hmm. And Rojo was supposed to be the smash play, mm-hmm. um, carry your team to the championship trophy. And he got hurt. And it's such a bummer. I'm so sorry, Chad. Yeah. Yeah. That, and then, I mean, you see Jalen Hurts, who has his lowest, uh, or no, sorry, second lowest, I should say. Second lowest, um, third lowest. Third lowest. Third lowest. Okay. Third lowest, but still third lowest performance of the season um, in uh, what should have also been a pretty juicy matchup. I mean, Washington uh, hasn't been amazing this season. Um, so you've been able to get points against them. 
they always like had the potential to be good, like their defense, but over the season, like the number one, I get, or I guess the number 32. Yeah. The number 32 <laughs> defense against fantasy quarterbacks. Uh, they give up the most points. So that should have been such a juicy matchup for him too. Um, and then Hertz just doesn't, doesn't do it. I mean, that you know, the, they decided to run the ball and, um, you know, have Hertz run and it just, it just didn't pan out the way Chad was hoping. Um, yeah, it's a real bummer for him. Um, you know, if he gets normal production out of Hertz, which is absolutely what you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, if he gets a full game of healthy Rojo, if Marquez Valdez Scantling does anything, um, <laughs> we're looking at a much, much closer matchup. Yeah. But that's not the way it went. Nope. Um, but yeah, you know, and then on, on your end, um, you already kind of talked about it, but you, um, I mean, you, you did get good production out of, out of certain players, um, you know, Gronk really carrying you along, um, you know, getting that at 17 points out of the tight end, uh, always nice, but yeah, I mean, weird to see, you know, Kittle cook Jefferson, all not really having great, uh, great weeks for you. Yeah, those were guys that I was really leaning on. And I mean, especially Kittle was so frustrating because he has the new quarterback, Trey Lance. And for me, this is okay. The 49ers are obviously at some point going to hand the ball over to Lance to lead the team. So I want to see him targeting George Kittle. Mm -hmm. And he had like two catches in the game. And if this is what I can expect moving on, I'm in trouble. I thought Kittle was going to be a smash, maybe top three um, for years at mm-hmm. his position. And if Trey Lance isn't going to throw him the ball, I got to look somewhere else. Yeah. Um, thankfully, uh, Kyler Murray stepped it up. He is the quarterback six. It is his second best game over the last 10 weeks. Um, it was nice to have a second game in a row with Chase Edmonds at running back. I drafted him and I just have not been able to really play him. Um, he's mm-hmm. been injured and he's been splitting with James Connor all season, but uh, finally got the backfield to himself. And these last two games have been really good. Um, mm-hmm. He and Melvin Gordon together averaged about 10 apiece. Um, DK Metcalf. He, actually was the only one in my starting lineup to score a touchdown and he had three of them. So plenty uh, to make up for the deficit. Um, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, you, it was just solid, very solid performances up and down. I mean, yeah, the score 140 to 119. that's not blowing the doors off, but um, you know, your team did kind of what it was built to do. I mean, stay afloat with, with good performances, um, you know, steady performances, and then have a couple guys kind of pop off. Um, and, you know, that's been the winning formula. And even on your bench, I mean, if you would have started any, you know, of those other guys really that, that you have started throughout the season, you would have gotten, you know, good production out of them too. And, and like, yeah. you know, still, still held on to that, that, uh, championship win. Um, yeah, the depth on my team is really what's been important for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been able to 
keep my team flexible in case somebody goes down to injury or uh, goes on the COVID list. So I was really conscious of that for this week, doing everything I could to add players who could uh, go in my lineup in a pinch. And I ended up getting five different guys who scored double digits. Um, four of them scored touchdowns. So I had more guys who scored touchdowns on my bench than in my starting lineup. I think that just shows how deep this squad was mm-hmm. um, for this playoff run. Yeah. Well, again, congratulations, Steez. Uh, Cobra thank you, thank Tyler, you. first place, first championship win. Um, we will uh, figure out what um, what we might do in terms of uh, a trophy. Um, you know, squad was kind of talking about that, whether we want to do a trophy or do uh, – um, multiple trophies, I guess, or, or maybe we do, I don't know, but we'll figure that out. Um, but for now, congrats. Thank you. Um, okay. So next we do have some, um, awards to give out. Yes. Yes, we do. Um, we figured we, we went through each team and got, we figured out an award uh, for that team that we felt was, um, you know, good representative of, of that team, and, you know, kind of stands them apart from, from the other teams. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, went through each one. We'll, we'll go through those um, starting at 12th and then going up to first place for each of those. And as we do so, uh, I do have a surprise for you. Okay. Um, I was able to contact each manager in our league. Oh, geez. And I was, I was able to get from them their personal MVP award for uh, most valuable player on their squad for oh. the season. Nice. Fun, right? Yeah. So um, as we go, um, as you introduce the team, uh, I will ask you to guess who each manager gave their mvp award to i like it i like i like guessing things that's fun okay i thought you might yeah okay well let's let's start it off um and so as yahoo has it the standings in yahoo that's what we're going off of um so we will be starting uh with gas and pities uh zach's team we we have given them uh, given Zach the most fab award. Fab uh, free yeah. agent acquisition budget. Yeah. Um, so given him that uh, I'm gonna okay, before we go, all right, I'm gonna guess the player. And in future ones, I'm going to guess the player before we do the uh, before I give the award. But okay. I'm going to guess this player really quick. So looking at his team, and honestly, looking at his team, the player that I pick might be connected to the award that he's getting potentially. Um, I'm going to say that he gave. You know what? I'm going to say he gave it to Daryl Henderson. 
Okay, so the quote from uh, Zach, he says, when he played, I won. Didn't have a bad game when active. Mm. He gave his MVP to Elijah Mitchell. All right. That was that was who I was originally going to go with. Um, Eli Mitchell, absolutely amazing this year. Um, when active, those keywords. Um, I did feel like Henderson you know, coming in when Cam Akers got hurt and just kind of taking over and picking up where Akers uh, would have left off. I, you know, I, I look at that and I see, you know, very good uh, play out of him, but right. Um, as I said, Elijah Mitchell, who I was potentially going to, you know, pick that is what goes into this award. The most fabulous award Eli, I think that was an $81 fab spend. Yes, it was the first major. I think that was after week one. Because yeah. the 49ers caught everyone off guard when they gave mm-hmm. this guy like close to 20 carries. I think mm-hmm. he got over 100 yards week one, and he was on nobody's radar. Mm-hmm. So for Zach to spend $81 after week one on a guy that we hadn't heard of, uh, it felt kind of wild. Mm-hmm. And having never dealt with fab before, um, I didn't know how much to even put in on a guy like that. And we all got outbid mm-hmm. and it felt kind of crazy, but looking back, I think anybody would have traded 81 fab for what Eli Mitchell is able to do for the whole season. Yeah. Um, I remember looking at that and, you know, Zach does get that. And then for the next couple of weeks, um, Mitchell, kind of, you know, was underperforming. He was injured for a little bit. Um, it was looking to be maybe one of the uh, uh, almost worse waiver pickups. Um, right. But then, yeah, he definitely came back and was just electric when healthy, getting just so many yards, so many carries. You know, everyone always was uh, concerned about a Niners backfield because they always like to do, you know, running back by committee. You never knew who was going to be the guy. But when he's healthy, Mitchell is definitely the guy and that's very valuable to have on your team for sure. All right. Well, Oh, did did you have anything else you want to say? Nope. All right. That's everything. Congratulations, Zach. Most fabulous. Um, So let's move into the next award. Uh, So this award will be going to the riot makers manager uh bryce and i'm going to guess just off the top that bryce feels his mvp was jamar chase yep bryce's <laughs> quote was gotta be it gotta be jamar chase he uh raised some eyebrows right before the season started uh, the rookie out of LSU um, was quoted saying something along the lines of it's really hard to catch a NFL ball because the <laughs> NFL ball is a little bit bigger than a college ball and it doesn't have the stripes on it, I guess. So you can't see it spin as well. I don't know, but he raised some eyebrows. People didn't really know what to get, what to expect out of him. And he came out of the gates on fire. Um, Definitely one of the best wide receivers in the NFL this season Mm. and capped it off with a 60 point week in week 17. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, And that pick 
Jamar Chase, he does go along with uh, this award as well. So we we put our heads together and we believe uh, Bryce deserves the Dynasty Potential Award. So feeling that he's got young playmakers up and down his squad. Chase, Moore, Jalen Waddell, Barkley, DeAndre Swift, Pitts, Bateman, um, Zach Moss, Jamal Williams, young quarterbacks and Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Cam A. He's just got young players just busting through the seams on that team. Um, and he's looking, I mean, most of these guys have shown promise um, or are, you know, legitimate stars. And if they all hit, and they're good for the next, you know, however many average years a NFL player is. He's going to just have a freaking squad for like five years straight. That's going to be yeah. near impossible to deal with. Yeah. Bryce is not going to mind finishing 11th in the standings for one season. If it means being an actual dynasty and winning a championship like five years in a row. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I say, you know, from experience, I know that, um, you know, a lot of times in fantasy, the quarterback position is kind of um, pushed under the rug to some extent. I will say in our league, the quarterback position should not be pushed under the rug because everyone has like four of them. And it's really annoying to do uh, streaming off the waiver for quarterbacks. Um, And I would say, you know, he's set up. Maybe it's a little early to say, but Mac Jones, he I, he looks like a, a great quarterback. Like he's going to be, you know, maybe in a, a year or two, a top 10 quarterback in the league. Um, and if he, you know, gets that system running the same way, you know, not to the extent that Brady did, but, you know, in a similar way, that's going to be just a heck of an anchor to hold that team throughout the next like 10 years or, you know, however long. So, um, yeah, definitely well-deserved the Dynasty Potential Award. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, next we have your team. Yep. Um, do you want to guess who I think my MVP is? Oh, is it um, Jimmy Garoppolo? Deshaun you know- Watson? Now you're just making me sad. Was it Alan Robinson? <laughs> I don't sorry. know. I don't know. You tell me, McNeese. Is Alan gonna... Robinson the MVP of fantasy? <laughs> He's on your no. team. No. <laughs> okay. It's it's got to be uh, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Jonathan Taylor Thomas, the tank engine. Just holy crap. Like, <laughs> I don't even like. I expected him to be good. I like, I expected him to be great. I, I you know, I drafted him in the first round. Um, <laughs> Gosh. I just, he, I, he's the only reason I have four wins on the season. Like if it wasn't for him, um, man, I, I hope I can get a good team around him next year. Cause, and that's, I mean, it's not even with amazing I mean, you know, decent quarterback play. Wentz has been fine, but like, it's not like that offense is humming and he's just, but he's just doing it. 
Yeah. He is so dominant. He was on such a tear. Um, It took a little bit to get him going, but Mm -hmm. week, week four and on, (laughs) he was, I mean, (laughs) oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like almost 30 points a game. Yeah. Crazy. Um, And with that, uh, and you know, with other things I've done, uh, over throughout the season, we feel that, uh, I have the best, my award is the best 2022 outlook. Um, yeah, I definitely think that at full strength, um, your team is about as good as anybody else's. I mean, Trey Lance, um, it was always, the plan um, to grab Trey Lance in the draft and then wait for him to be the starter. That didn't end up happening Uh, until just recently. He's only started, I think two games, but if he would have been starting all season long, um, I think your team would have looked a whole lot different. Um, But yeah, if he's going to put up, I mean, he put up 25 points this last week and Mm -hmm. was like, barely doing anything by halftime yeah uh, it, it was like a it's like he didn't even have to try he just like fell into a 25 point game so if that's what it's like when he is just like barely scrapping things together mm-hmm. i can't even imagine where he's going to be when he is more comfortable in the nfl and he gets fully unlocked yeah and i'm pretty sure that other uh that other week he had uh a 26 point week he only played a half in that one too because yeah. Jimmy Jimmy G had started that game and then he got hurt and Lance stepped in. I'm just like, uh, if he actually like practiced and was the starter and playing, uh, he would have been, uh, what could have been, but, um, but yeah, I mean, along yeah. with that, I, I traded for ETN and DJ or no, I drafted ETN traded for DJ, DJ Chark and Kareem Hunt. Um, yeah. who are, you know, we're both kind of injured. Um, DJ chart being on IR hunt dealing with some injury when I traded for them, but definitely planning for the future with those picks, uh, ETN, if he comes back from IR James Robinson with a bad injury, um, hope he can, you know, heal up and come back, but with him potentially out of the picture, ETN, just having that backfield all to himself, um, I mean, there's a chance that I'm just overflowing with riches at the running back position. Still got to figure out the tight end position, um, but maybe I can make a couple trades to figure that one out uh, later. But yep, good 2022 outlook. Definitely. You have a lot to look forward to. All right. So the next team, uh, Lucas manager of Trippin Jones. Let's see. I, Ooh, this is a hard one, right? There's a lot of guys that really hit. Yeah. So, okay. I, I think, um, I think he would probably lean towards a surprise. Oh, mm, Okay. Dang, this is really hard. I'm going to go with James Conner. Um, Patterson. That's correct. Yes. 
You got it. Yes. Ah, oh, that feels good. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was one of the players that Lucas actually drafted. Um, so that was part of the reason why he gave Connor the edge mm-hmm. over guys like Patterson or um, he also listed honorable mention uh, Derek Henry. Yeah. And, I, I was close. And Joe Burrow. He yeah. said that Joe Burrow would have been clutch to have and if he made it to the playoffs. Yeah. But since he wasn't in the playoffs, he just based it off the regular season and James Connor went way higher than anybody else uh, could have imagined this season mm-hmm. with um, he was up there in uh, touchdowns in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He, his production was way better than anybody expected. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, when you get one of those guys that just outperforms what you were hoping got to consider them a uh an mvp i was thinking derrick henry just because when henry was healthy he was absolutely smashing everybody um, oh yeah but he did get hurt in about week eight um which is just a little too early for mvp talk um but speaking of injuries and things of that nature that's why we are giving lucas um the waiver hero award um would you like to explain why he's getting that award steez yeah so we really felt that the uh, manager that made his team the best off of waiver ads um had to be lucas um you look at cordero patterson was just a revelation for a majority of the season um finished in the top 50 in overall players in fantasy this year um, and was not drafted. Uh, He added Hunter Renfro early on. Um, Renfro was awesome, um, especially late in the season and almost uh, helped Lucas to a playoff run. Um, I want to shout out Lucas because he lost to me by less than two points in the final game of the regular season. And if you all remember, that matchup between me and Lucas completely shifted uh, a lot of what happened in the playoffs. So I ended up getting the number two seed and a bye. But if Lucas would have scored just two more points, he would have been the number two seed. I would have missed the playoffs. And I looked back at how we scored in the last several weeks of the playoffs. And if Lucas had been in my spot at the number two seed, he would have won our championship and he would be the first winner of the puck dynasty league. So it really came down to just a two point difference in uh, week 14. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so close. Lucas, you almost did it with just so many devastating injuries and with whatever happened to Calvin Ridley. I have no idea. He was uh, drafted really high. He was supposed to be one of your guys, but he had a really solid season and some awesome waiver ads to Mm -hmm. make up for guys that ended up not panning out. Yeah. Just to, just to add a little extra to this um, in Yahoo, it does give you those, you know, those special medals and such. If you do do some cool things in fantasy Um, and there are two medals that, that Lucas does have. uh, And I, I haven't checked everybody else's, but he does have it. 
Um, one of them is the Hall of Famer mentality, which shows that you picked up the highest scoring player from the free agent and waivers list. Maybe next you'll be in the Hall of Fame. So Yahoo also seeing that he is able to pick somebody up off the waivers free agency list and they are the highest scoring player as well as the golden touch award have a player that's new to your roster this week score a touchdown and those were on different weeks so lucas even yahoo knows you know how to pick them off of the waiver list so good job on that waiver hero waiver congrats lucas so we'll move into the next award and that will be going to the big blue wrecking crew manager corbin uh don't even have to think about it. Corbin thinks that Cooper Cup is his MVP. Yep. And the quote <laughs> here is, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Cooper Cup, man, this season, absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. What is he on pace to be um, close to Calvin Johnson's like single season best wide receiver? Yeah, is that right? He's he's projected, you know, and of course with one extra game, but still projected to break the uh, or at least last week. I don't know if this week, you know, changed things, but projected to break the receiving or the reception, the receiving yards and the receiving touchdowns records, all three. Um, And so. Yeah, we'll have to see next week going against San Fran if he's able to explode in a big way. I want to say the reception record is 143 or so. Wow. Set by Michael Thomas. Let's see. Yeah, Cooper Cup on the season, he has 15 touchdowns. So you're getting almost a touchdown a game. And his worst fantasy game, he had one game under. 10 and it was 8.9 so it's still like a very solid game you're not super mad about 8.9 but when he wasn't getting 8.9 he was getting in the 20s 30s consistently he's been far and away the best wide receiver easily the mvp on the squad Mm -hmm. and then um yeah we we feel that corb is deserving of the and this, this might seem like a very lofty award, um, but the, the best manager award, um, able to maneuver really well throughout the season, make good, make good starts each week, um, stay afloat even when he had a number of injuries plaguing his team. Yeah, and his just, IR was always stuffed. Yeah, um, and just, just keep, keep things rolling. Um, throughout the whole season, even against adversity. Yeah, it didn't end up resulting in a playoff berth, um, but he was able to take it to the championship of the consolation bracket. Um, But we had to recognize that he did leave. Um, He was among the lowest points left on the bench. So he was consistently making great start-sit decisions. Um, guys like Cooper Cup and Josh Allen made it a lot easier on him because um, you're never going to bench those guys. Camara went healthy. Um, but yeah, consistently making great 
start sit decisions. I think that he did end up with the highest total point week also. And that was a week where he had like no running backs. I think that Kamara and um, Clyde Edwards and were both out that week. So he was able to um, manager his way to a manufactured huge 200 point plus week. Mm. Yeah. And I mean, of course, there's a question. Was he, uh, did he have so few points on his bench because everybody was injured on his bench or was it because he was making good choices? That is not for us to decide. All <laughs> we know is that he did really well starting who is he, who he was supposed to start. So good job, Corb. Best manager uh, award. Um, and then the next award, this, this is going to be something near to my heart. So we're, we're going to, we're talking about Smill loose ends, Smill's team. Um, Marcus, some might call him Lil Don, um, did not finish in 12th. Did not as much as he was a bottom feeder with me throughout the season, finished in seventh place after wow. you know, going through that consolation playoff bracket. Um, let's look, let's see who, who might've, uh, smell picked for his MVP. And now, keep in mind that this is smell talking. Right. So you're never, you're never going to get what you think. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, geez. did like, did he say, Oh man, he probably said like a kicker or something. Um, did he say Michael Badgley's his MVP? No, he didn't go there. Okay. Do, well, do then, you want one more guess? Yeah. Well, then I I mean, I know that he was injured throughout the season, but I feel like Nick Chubb is is a very solid candidate for MVP. Um so I would I would go him. So Smill actually went with Dalton Schultz. MVP of Smill Loose Ends. Oh, gosh. Um, he said Dalton Schultz embodied his team, influenced the team name. He asks the question, who had the tightest ends? Your boy, me. <laughs> so Smill went with tight end for Dallas Cowboys, Dalton Schultz, who I don't know if it was surprising or not, but he had himself a very solid season. Um, he was more often than not uh, among the top 10 in his position each week. Um, so from where he was drafted or picked up off waivers um, was well worth a spot on his team. And I mean, it, this is Smill who was thriving with tight ends at one point, um, so much so that he named his team after them. And the ringleader of the bunch was Dalton Schultz. Yeah. And we are giving Smill uh, the award of the most improved throughout the season. Um, you know, he, yes, he and I kind of had a rough season. Um, you know, we were joking about it. We were the bottom feeders. But as we said, suddenly we hit the playoffs and his team just made a stinking run. Um, ending up at seventh overall throughout the consolation bracket. Uh or after, you know, the consolation playoffs. So right outside, you know, the top players and just showed up and showed what it was made of. Um, he yeah, made some he, good plays. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to point out. He never stopped playing, um, even though he finished the regular season in 12th. Uh, he wanted more out of the season, and uh, he made trades to help his team uh, this year and next year. Um, and, yeah, he I think he was – if he wasn't the highest scorer over the three weeks of playoffs, he was definitely top three, which – um, he is very proud of to end the season on that high note. Definitely. All right, let's move into our next award. That will be for Drum's Marvelous Team, which is uh, managed by Drum, Drumothy. Uh, now let's let's throw out a guess. Um, I'm going to say his MVP was just a, a little-known guy by the name of uh, Thomas Brady. Yep, nailed it. Tom Brady was Drum's season MVP, but he does give uh, honorable mention to uh, Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon did have himself quite the season, stayed healthy, um, so good on him. But yeah, Tom Brady uh, just absolutely thrashing people at his age 44 season, which is ridiculous. Um, And with Brady, with Mixon, uh, and the rest of his team, we have decided that Drum deserves the most consistent award. Just, he was always there. He was always scoring those points. He scored like, he scored 160 points, um, like repetitively at the beginning of the season. Um, he rarely dropped that low. He never went below 100, which... I think is really telling considering how some people um, unless there was a a game I missed, but um, and then I don't know if you remember, but um, you know, when I did a bit of analysis leading into the playoffs, the last four games of the season, he only had a standard deviation of six points across those. So, you know, (laughs) consistent, super consistent. I mean, a six point difference week to week is amazing in fantasy. And I mean, we didn't even talk about this, but so I'm looking at Mike Davis. Do you remember when Mike Davis was just the model of consistency? I think. We oh yeah. Him. Yeah. Mr. Cons- getting just, like, just 10, 11 points every time. Yeah. Um, so if that doesn't just embody this team, uh, right. finished the season with 12, like right <laughs> in the ballpark. Yeah. You know exactly what you're getting. And that's exactly what we have with drum. You know exactly what you're getting. Uh, he puts up very consistent numbers. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the award. All right, moving into the next award. So Scoot's championless team managed by, or sorry, Scott's championless team managed by none other than Scoot's. The most inspiring award. Um, Absolutely. Oh, really quick. MVP. Um we're going to go ahead and give him. So right now he's on IR, but I feel like, I feel like AJ Brown would be his MVP. Um, AJ Brown was performing pretty well. Maybe T Higgins. Cause he really blew up at the end of the season. Ah, actually no erase all of that. Mark Andrews. <laughs> yep. That is exactly who Scott picked. And that is pretty much exactly the, uh, path Scott took to get there. <laughs> he named a few people. And then I said, Oh, I really thought that you'd say Mark Andrews. And he said, Oh, LOL. Yeah. Mark Andrews. <laughs> nice. 
Um, he also wanted to give um, a honorable mention to the football gods for giving him <laughs> favorable matchups throughout the season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Do you want to go through like, why, why is he the most inspiring you, you came up with this one. This was, this yeah. was, you know, your, your award you thought of, how did his team inspire you? So I don't think that we're ever going to see anybody have a season like Scott ever again. His season was such an anomaly. Um, he lost so many of his top players and in doing so, I mean, that really wasn't his fault. Um, he ended up being the second lowest scorer in the regular season in our league. And he made the playoffs. I don't think anybody is ever going to make the playoffs again in our dynasty if they're the second lowest scorer. Um, so it was, I mean, his season was a miracle and it is so inspiring. You can <laughs> make the playoffs even if you don't score points, I don't know how, but Scott did it. Yeah. So yeah, he, he deserves this award. He had, if nothing else, it was inspiring. <laughs> Definitely. Um, let's move into the next team. So ending up in fourth place, Travis has a team managed by Travis. Um, let's say, let's look through his team. Who would he feel is his MVP? Um, and I'm going through, there's a couple good options here. Um, but I'm going to have to say that he went with considering draft position. I'm going to say he had to go with Leonard Fournette. So <clears throat> Travis actually listed three players oh. as his um, MVP and they are quote the guys I traded away oh no he went with Keenan Allen Tyler Lockett and Damian Damian Harris who are now on Smill's team um, and I think that that is because ever since that late season trade Travis's team went downhill um, he got snuffed out in the playoffs and his team just never was the same again after that trade. That is true. It doesn't help that the people he traded for all went on IR like within a week. Um, yeah, which is very rough. But I can see, I can see how he would see those guys as the most valuable. Um, but at the height of his powers, Travis had himself a hell of a team, um, and so we want to bestow upon him the award of the scariest team. Um, right. We almost named this award the dynamic duo because Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill were just a combination that you did not want to face any mm -hmm. week. I mean, they put up like what, like 70 or 80 combined. Like more than times. Once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. His team was definitely at its peak the scariest yeah those first couple weeks is definitely you know Mahomes Hill Sanders when Emmanuel Sanders was like weirdly like one of the top 10 wide receivers um right. Fournette was going off like it just Javante Williams oh yeah like it just uh Keenan Allen at the beginning of the season was doing Antonio great. Brown yeah when he wasn't crazy 
like he just he was yeah was he necessarily like I mean he was dominating he had that win streak at the beginning of the season that coincided with yours um but just he was he his team was terrifying I remember we talked about it constantly just like yep Travis won because why of course he did why would he not win um he was making good pickups like yeah definitely scariest team um still is in my opinion I mean yeah by itself the Mahomes Hill stack potentially getting 80 points any random week is absolutely terrifying to go against. Um, so congratulations, Travis. You have definitely built the scariest team in the league. Um, but let's move into our third place winner, uh, Cam Hulk. Um, difficult to pick an MVP for Cam Hulk. Uh Wow. I can tell you who it's not. It's not Mike Gesicki. <laughs> oh, Mike Gesicki got Gesicki all over Cam Hulk's team during the playoffs. Yeah, semifinals, he needed like six points and couldn't hit it. Yeah. Kept him out of the championship. So, okay. There's the guys that like were very good over the whole season that should probably get MVP. Um, And then there's the guy that like randomly went off at the end of the season. That was like super cool and fun to watch. And like everyone was rooting for. So I'm going to say that. I'm going to say that Austin. Ah, no, I'm going to say Najee Harris. I'm going to say Najee Harris is his MVP. But I'm going to give a special shout out to Amon Ross St. Brown, the sun god himself, um, as a potential sneaky MVP for the end of the season. Right. Um, yeah, there are a lot of options on uh, Cameron Hulk's team, which just attests to how great his team was all year. Um, he went with Austin Eckler. Oof. He was his first pick, and yeah. he showed up and showed out. Um, very consistently one mm-hmm. of the best running backs in the year. Very consistent scoring a lot, which was uh, kind of a new thing for Eckler this year. So good on him. Um, yeah. Najee Harris was definitely more of a steady Eddie throughout the year. You know, he, he could randomly have those weeks where uh, he exploded a little bit, but Eckler uh, had a bit more of that pop to him, I would say. Um, and, uh, but you know, can't argue with any of those choices. Um, he could have picked Deontay Johnson as well. So, um, but along with that, uh, we also feel that Cam Hulk deserves the trade tycoon award. And I mean, tell me why, why does he deserve that award? Steve? So it was like halfway through the season. And if you looked at all the trades that happened in our dynasty, Cameron Hulk was involved in all of them. He was involved in the very first trade, which was before any drafting even started. Um, He and I swapped a couple picks and then he was involved in a trade on draft day. Um, You and Cam Hulk um, swapped Amari Cooper and, and Darren Waller after Cam Hulk I don't know, lagged out and accidentally drafted a second tight end and three picks. (laughs) And um, so, yeah, 
from there, uh, the trading didn't stop. Um, whether it was a small trade like Russell Gage and Sterling Shepard um, swapped with his big bro, or if it was the biggest, uh, the first big blockbuster trade involving uh, George Kittle and Miles Sanders, um, he really got the ball rolling in the trade department. Uh, we're giving mm-hmm. him the trade tycoon award for doing so. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I want to give a shout out, you know, with that, with being the, the, you know, part of all of those beginning trades, I feel like, you know, why he's getting that trade tycoon award isn't, you know, yes, he was part of a lot of trades. He was part of some blockbusters, but he set, he set the mood, you know, like he set the culture in the league which is what I appreciate the most about it, you know, of people trading. Yes, there were more trades later on in the season. There were some big trades with some, you know, large player. But the fact that, you know, he came in and he was like, we're going to, I'm going to do trades. It's dynasty. Like let's wheel and deal baby. And then I feel like that just set it off for other people to be like, yeah, like let's make trades. This is fun. Like let's do it. And so just very appreciative of that, you know, setting the tone early that this is a this is a league for trading. This is dynasty. You know, we want to have fun. We want players to move around. So, yeah, definitely. Um, congrats to Cam for the Trade Tycoon Award. Um, second place, Chad Duarte, Hamburger Henry, not me. Still get confused when I read that name. Um, yeah. Oh man, another team where there could be many MVPs. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts could be one. CD Lamb was good. Devontae Adams just dominated. Um, Ronald Jones is not going to be an MVP. <laughs> um, but even with all of those great players, I think he would go with Debo Samuel. And that he did. Debo Samuel was uh, Chad's team MVP. Um, I was looking at his last seven games. So this is a wide receiver. He had more rushes than receptions in six of his last seven games. Um, I don't think that it's going to be long until we see that second um, great wide receiver slash running back player. Like Cordero Patterson has paved the way. I think Debo could get that tag uh, at the beginning of next year for um, credit to his rushing performances. But yeah, he was drafted late and he has been a smash at his position. Yeah. Yeah. If he, yeah, if they were to uh, transition or not transition, but uh, like if Yahoo were to give him that, that running back, um, tag as well as wide receiver that would be a a heck of a thing um for chad's team but definitely the mvp uh overall um and with that i mean you alluded to it we're we're giving chad the best drafter award he got solid picks up and down his draft debo samuel was in the the eighth round um players like khalil herbert in the 20th round who came in as the backup in Chicago and carried Chad's team 
uh, for a couple of weeks in the middle there. Um, but yeah, he just like, didn't like, especially in the, the early rounds, he like just didn't miss on any of yeah. his players, which is huge. Yeah. I mean, pretty much every team, uh, you can see one of the first five picks, um, either didn't pan out or that guy got hurt. And you look at Chad's team, he avoided a lot of major injuries on his squad and pretty much all of his early investments panned out. Yeah. I mean, you look through all of his picks. Um, the only players were like, you know, didn't work, you know, didn't work out great. Um, was Rojo and Raheem Mostert, Mostert getting hurt. Um, but still, you know, should be, he's still a good player. Uh, Rojo who came up when Chad needed him to. Um, so maybe he was worth that round six pick who knows. Uh, but even after that, I mean, those rounds afterwards, he still picked players that were, that were good, um, that were contributors. So yeah. And I think it, I think it says something that Chad made it to the championship with, I'm going to say a homegrown squad because pretty much everybody in his lineup, um, he originally drafted. And I definitely can't say that. I think my lineup was less than half players that I originally drafted. Mm -hmm. Everybody else I either picked up or traded for. Mm -hmm. Um, This lineup for Chad, uh, I think probably Marquez Valdez-Scantling is like the only guy that Chad didn't originally draft. And I mean, he could have put in Mike Evans in that spot. And then that would be an entirely Chad drafted lineup. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Best drafter. Mm, Definitely. Even down to the defense and the kicker. So uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Congrats with that. Good drafting there, Chad. Hopefully uh, that, you know, rolls into the rookie drafts that we have this season. But let's finish it off. Uh, first place, we said it, Cobra Kyler, Steez. Um, who would you say was the manager of your, or the manager, the MVP? Who's the manager? Who is the manager of Cobra Kyler? Um, who would you say is the MVP of your team? I know you love your team. Um, you're very fond of them. You're also kind of weird. So who would you have actually picked, even though there's maybe one or two more obvious guys? Um, I think as much as you would have wanted to pick uh, like Pat Fryermuth, you probably went with Justin Jefferson. You know me all too well. (laughs) I did pick Justin Jefferson. Um, Justin Jefferson was... Uh, I think it was my second overall pick and it was such an uncharacteristic thing for me to do. I planned out that I was going to go running back, running back. And then Justin Jefferson was still available to my surprise and I snagged him and he was awesome. Um, I wanted to give my MVP to Dalvin cook, but he like, as my first pick, he was everything that I wanted, but he did miss some time. And those games that he missed, um, Alexander Madison stepped up. So if I could combine the two, that would be my MVP. But because that's two different guys to make up that running back spot, um, I went with Justin Jefferson. Yeah. 
Um, and so, you know, Justin Jefferson, your MVP, uh, solid play up and down your team. Um, you made some good trades. Uh, but in the end, what award are we bestowing upon Cobra Kyler? Oh, do you want me to introduce yes. it? Yes. Okay. As I do. Uh, so the award that I'm awarding myself, <laughs> um, I'm giving myself the streakiest award. Um, I started out the season on fire, um, five and zero, oh, and then I got real cold real quick, and I ended up losing six in a row to drop my team down to five and six, and I was staring missing the playoffs right in the face. And I decided, no, I've come too far. I'm turning this around. And I went on a five-game win streak to end the season and take home the championship. So five wins, six losses, five wins again. And that was my season. It was all about wins, losses, and then wins again and streaks. Yeah. Um. I just thought it was funny that you gave that award to yourself, um, which was pretty great. Uh, but I do think that, I mean, that's always, you know, what, what we, I don't know what I try to preach to people. Um, you know, when I've tried to, you know, when I tell people about fantasy or they come to me for any tips, you know, randomly is that, um, I mean, yeah, you went on a six game losing streak. You were five and six. Um, I think you, you know, you drop to a middle of the pack team, uh, but you just keep, you just got to keep doing it, you know, keep plugging away, keep, keep trying to win every week. Uh, yeah. And, you know, make those trades, make those waiver pickups, you know, maybe start the risky guy every now and then, but just keep on going so that you do what you just did and you end up, you know, Taking taking home a, a championship trophy, championship win. Um, so I think it just I don't know. It's a testament to what fantasy can be, the best of fantasy. So congratulations on being the streakiest. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, I believe that we've decided this is not going to be the final episode of the podcast for this season. Mm -hmm. um, similar to our mid-season review, we have plans for a final 2021 Dynasty season in review. Um, so we look forward to that. Stay tuned. Um, but that will do it for this week. Thank you so much, Hammer, for going over the championship week and helping give out the awards. And we will see you all very soon. Peace.